Welcome to Belief Over Doubts, a show where we work to apply Bible basics to real-life situations. I'm your host for the show, Robert Polk, and I need you to come on in and have a seat because it's about time that I talk to you about your attitude. I know that you've been having a hard time lately. We have too. I, I noticed that the world around me has been really tense lately. Now, for those who have listened to the show before, you may understand a little bit about me. You may know where I'm from. Uh, you may have seen my beautiful wife, who I affectionately call my queen. Um, you may have seen my intelligent kids. But there's another thing that I will share with you today. Um, for a very long period of time, I was not well prepared to deal with my anger. And, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Watching the local and national news tells me that there are more people out there who struggle with it. When I was younger, um, my only outlet, my, my, my default setting when I was angry was to fight. I remember at one time, I actually thought that I mastered my anger. I, I thought that simply because I couldn't remember the last time that I was really angry. My secret, um, which was horrible, was to completely avoid people or situations that made me angry. Um, I recently learned that that's not growth. That's actually one of the unhealthiest ways to handle it. Because I wasn't training myself to be better. Uh, I wasn't growing. And, and so now at this age, I think I need a better plan. So let me start by telling you that being angry is not abnormal. And, and being angry is, in itself is not a sin. We are very fortunate to have a multitude of feelings. One of them just happens to be anger. The difference is how you behave when you're angry. When somebody has you on 10, how would you rate your ability to manage your anger? What would you say that your secret is? Do you just uh, walk away? Do you do you count to 10 uh, and then just magically feel better? Do you make a bunch of sarcastic comments? Uh, do you talk behind people's back? Or, or, or do you get, get ready to throw them things? I ask these questions because people handle anger in a multitude of ways too. Um, but to get everybody on the same page, let's turn the pages of the Holy Bible. Today's scripture will come from the English Standard Version. I want to start by discussing one of the most notable stories in the Bible about anger. Um, it's the story uh, of Jesus when he was in the temple. If you don't know this story, please journey with me to the book of John, chapter 2, verses 12 through 22. Where, where Jesus had just left a wedding in Galilee where he turned the water into wine. You all know that story. Um, that was his first recorded miracle. So scripture tells us that after this, he went to Capernaum with his mother, his brother, and his disciples. And, and, and they stayed there for a few days. The Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the temple and he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and, and the money changers were sitting there and with a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with, with the sheep and oxen uh, <laughs> and, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and he overturned their tables. That's what people always talk about when Jesus overturned the tables in there. And, and he told those who sold the pigeons to take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. So, <laughs> so that's my advice when dealing with anger. Um, turn the tables over, whip people with cords. No, seriously. Oh, wait, wait. There's a, a Bible basics moment here. Let me explain real quick why this made Jesus so angry. According to the Bible, the temple 
was not only um, it, it not only served as like a religious building, but it was also a place of assembly for the Israelites. The temple was the central structure serving as a place for administration or, or organizing the distribution of food among the people. See, the temple represented God's house here on earth. Matter of fact, the Egyptian word um, for temple meant God's house. And the temples were designed for the earthly dwellings of their gods. Now, I think that this story is often told because it's so rare to see Jesus lose his cool. Even when he was tempted by Satan, he stayed calm. When he was publicly and privately accused of crimes he didn't commit, he stayed calm. And when Judas betrayed him, Jesus stayed calm. Matter of fact, he was just a cool character, man, and we could all learn from his his reactions to different situations. Matter of fact, Psalms um, chapter uh, in Psalm chapter one forty five verses uh, verse eight tells us that the Lord is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and abounding in his steadfast love. Um, do you really think that the Lord, that our Lord and Savior, was angry and out of control here? Would you suggest that Jesus was so angry that he actually lost his cool? Now, I may be in the minority here, but I don't think he was out of control. I would argue that his reaction to what he saw was appropriate and calculated. If you think back to the last time you were upset, would people say that you lost your cool? Or would they say that your actions were appropriate and calculated? If you made it through the last episode, you may have heard me talk about Saul. And why I believed he was such a low life before becoming Paul. I discussed his growth a little bit before and after. But I want to point out that he didn't just lose his angry gene when he became an apostle. No, he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27 that I discipline my body and I keep it under control. You notice that this isn't past tense, right? He understood that it's a daily challenge and I want you to understand that as well. We have to discipline our bodies and our minds to keep them under control every day. And in his letter to the Ephesians, he shared more wisdom on this topic. In chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, he says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give an opportunity to the devil. See, I love this passage, but... But I also hate this passage because it's like, oh, don't eat too many chips at the party. It, it, it sounds so simple, but it's not. Um, let me, let's camp here for a minute, right, and peel back some layers. What does it mean to be angry and not sin? Being angry is simply having a strong feeling of being upset or annoyed. And there's nothing wrong with that. No one is going to get denied at the gates of heaven for having been upset or annoyed. That's not the problem. The problem is when we forget the last part of this line, you are not to sin. See, anger is a feeling, which is fair to feel. And again, I advise you not to ignore that feeling. But by definition, sin, look, every definition of sin that I found starts like this. It's an action. It's a, a transgression. It, it's to commit. It is an offense. Synonyms for sin are to Air, to fall, to offend, to stray, to trespass, to wander. Have, have you had your aha moment yet? Look, it's about the actions that come from your feelings. I, I remember reading about a couple 
um, who were talking, who were discussing how they control their anger. The husband asked, he says, hey, look, when I get mad at you, you just seem to listen and you never really fight back. How, how do you control your anger like that, babe? And she says, oh, I go and, and I clean the toilets. He's like, well, you do that a lot. How, how does that help? And she laughs and says, well, I use your toothbrush and then I feel better. <laughs> so that's my advice. Use your partner's toothbrush to clean the toilets and you can deal with your anger. That's not it. No, I want you to understand that the feeling of anger is not the sin. It's the sin based on the anger that's the sin. Showing control over yourself and your actions is not a sign of weakness. See, Proverbs chapter 16 verse 32 tells us that whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit is greater than he who takes a city. You are not a punk because somebody got you angry and you didn't snap. It's, it's actually the bigger and, and stronger thing to do to maintain your cool. That's the sign of the person with the most power in the situation. In, in an article I recently read by The Guardian, I read that anger is one of the most primitive emotions we experience. Animals are equipped with the same basic neural circuitry uh, that we have. It operates, anger operates on a spectrum from mild frustration to absolute fury. And the intentions in which we feel anger and, and how we act on it is very personal. And, and that's part of what made this episode very difficult to put together. Because I must remain exact in what the Bible tells us about handling situations that can occur. But I consistently find it difficult to tell people how to properly grieve, how to celebrate. And it's been extremely difficult because it's extremely personal how people work through their anger. I could share with you one of the passages that I go to. And I probably need to reference it and walk it out better in real life. But let me still share because I believe that it helps me to slow the world down and listen before talking and responding, right? Um, the passage comes from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, where it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now let me express why this helps me. It helps me because I need to be a better listener. I've learned that I feel rushed in life and I may not feel that I have the time to sit and listen to others properly. And I know that this is horrible, but I do ask for your grace because I'm not a perfect person either. Um, but I'm admitting that this is an issue for me. So I'm in prayer to become a better, um, more engaged, less distracted listener. I, I also struggle with the thoughts that every problem has a solution. And I have to realize that I, um, as a man, cannot solve all problems. Sometimes I have to just do a better job of interceding for people or, or helping bring them and God closer through prayer so that they can work with God to find a proper solution. Um, this will make me slower to speak to try to help solve their problems or drop some witty one-liner that probably doesn't help anyway. And I think I already told you that I'm not far enough in my maturation to say that I handle my anger well. Uh, and I can tell you that most of my reactions, as scripture says, um, does not produce the righteousness of God. I think it's important to understand that people 
can use their words and actions to move us through the spectrum all the way from celebratory to terminator and i'm not talking about the new terminators i'm talking about the old scary arnold schwarzenegger one and, and this is backed by science in that article i read by the guardian they add that anger can trigger trigger the body's fight or flight response causing the adrenal glands to flood the blood with stress hormones such as adrenaline and testosterone preparing us for physical aggression but whether we end up swearing or, or scowling or even punching someone depends on a second brain area the prefrontal cortex that's responsible for the decision making and reasoning this puts our or our, our anger into context right does, does that make sense your body is pre-wired to snap but but there's like an emergency break or, or a filter in the prefrontal cortex that should help you slow down and put things into context. I'm hoping that you're putting scripture in your heart or in your mind that you can filter through there so maybe you don't end up on probation every spring. I tried to list out a couple reasons that I believe we continue to silence our conscience when we're angry. Tell me if you do any of them. Do you try to justify your bad behavior? And what would you say to somebody you loved that tried to use that same rationale? Have you just gotten numb to that behavior? You've seen it done so much that it's just now normal. There's been a recent change uh, to your moral standards. Um, that, that things that you do now that are acceptable to you, a couple weeks ago you would have considered unacceptable. Do you, uh, does the audience around you affect you? Sometimes the thought that no one will see you or that you have to do something because of pressure from the crowd affects your decision. Is it your pride? Uh, is it that you don't know what else to do? Is it a lack of vocabulary to talk through the situation? Look, we are all sinners with closets full of skeletons. Have you heard that there are seven sins considered to be deadly sins? One of those is wrath, which can be defined as extreme or vengeful anger. The way that we handle our anger makes a difference, people. I, I can't drill this home enough. In my opinion, your response to anger is not just a reflection on your righteousness, but it's also a reflection on your trust in God. Because Romans chapter 12, verse 19 says, um, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written that vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. Look, I know some of y'all can be monsters when you're mad, but I promise you cannot get vengeance the way that God can. Allow him to do what he does for you. Look, he loves you and he vows to defend those that are under his protection. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 8 says, Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It only lends to evil. Now, I know you probably don't use the word fret very often. So let me define that real quick. To fret is to be constantly or visibly worried or, or anxious. Yeah, don't do that. Let God do what God does. You be who you are and continue to push forward to accomplish God's will. Let me share my takeaways from scripture and see if anything jumps out at you. From John chapter 2 verses 12 through 22 I said that sometimes your actions will be clear to those that are watching, and sometimes people will just assume based on your actions. Do your best to represent you, your family, and your heavenly Father in a proper manner. From Psalm chapter 145, verse 8, 
Um, when we think of God's characteristics, anger is not one of the first things we think of. What do people think about you? What do people think of when they discuss your characteristics? I don't want anger to be one of the first things they say about me. From 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, um, it's a daily task to stay in control of your body and your mind. Never get comfortable and continue to feed the Holy Spirit in you so that you can endure the test. From Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, uh, 26 and 27, I said, don't be disappointed when you, are, uh, when you realize that you're angry. But don't let that anger turn you into somebody that you'll be disappointed in. From Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, I said the true strength comes from being able to stay in control. Enough said, right? Um, from James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, um, you have to prioritize listening over speaking. And then um, make sure that you don't rush to get angry. Chances are that you won't react righteously if you don't prioritize these properly. From Romans chapter uh, chapter 12, verse 19, I said, God got your back. He will avenge you and his wrath cuts to the bone. From Psalm 37 and, and verse 38, chapter 37, verse 38, um, try not to get angry. But if you do, pray past it so that you don't fall into the enemy's trap. Now, no matter what channel you're on, if it's YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or Facebook, I thank God for you and your support. Please be sure to send any questions or prayer requests to beliefoverdoubts at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, subscribe, or follow. Be blessed and be safe.